you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to Total Access, the locker room here for week 10 in the NFL. We are double digits in the NFL, Willie. It's going fast. I said Willie, yeah, because Mike Robb <laughs> is not here today. It is Willie McGinnis stepping in for Mike Robb walking his way into the locker room. And speaking of the locker room, Willie, first of all, welcome uh, to, to the pod. And second of all, um, we always like to – and Mike Robb made me do this, okay? We always like okay. to give every guest and host the first time they're on – you got to give us a locker room story for this locker room podcast. Oh, oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. Here, <laughs> here, here's one locker room story. You know how people think that, you know, Belichick is all stiff and there's no fun that goes on in, in locker rooms. I'm in the locker room while I'm working uh, for the NFL Network and I'm there to, you know, to cover camp. I decided to get me a workout in. So I'm in the locker room and Gronk is there. All the guys are there and they're all playing wiffle ball and the, the locker room is going crazy. Belichick is in the weight room, which is next door. So he walks into the locker room with all this, all this mayhem going on. The wiffle ball, guys running around, guys joking, laughing, and everything just goes quiet. So he sees me. I'm sitting in Tom's locker with Tom. We're talking. And he just looks over and he smiles. And once he smiles, all the mayhem just started back up. Guys hit the ball, almost hits him in the head. He just keeps walking, laughing. And people think, like, it's so uptight in New England. Like, guys don't have fun and guys can't be themselves and have personality and all those different things. It's so opposite. It's just like when it's time to work, it's time to work. But guys yeah. really do have fun and enjoy being there, most importantly because, Mike G, they win. And when you win, you're always having fun, right? Uh, listen, I love these kinds of stories. We had Martellus Bennett on the other day, and I said, right. how were you and Bill such a good match? And he says, we're a perfect match because Bill doesn't care about anything other than are you a really good football player. And so right. he can still have – now, listen, you can't do anything that's going to hurt the team. That's obvious. So if you're going to have a, a personality, you're going to say things, you're going to do whatever, and it's going to be contrary to what they're doing there, that's a problem. But it's right. not like – he doesn't welcome the personality and we probably get the wrong impression on the outside because he doesn't show it at the press conferences or anything like that. So that's probably why we think he's a no fun guy. So for you to give a, a story like that certainly illustrates that. Yeah, it's, it's normal there. I mean, everybody's a human being and they love to have fun and they love to joke around when warranted. My question though, is can, can any former player just walk in and use the weight room or is it reserved for the Willie McGinnis? The, what, what color do you get for the uh, Patriots Hall of Fame? Is the red coat wearing uh, right. alumni yeah. only? I put in a lot of work, man. I, <laughs> I put in a lot of work and I, I act nicely when I'm, when I'm around, I, I stay out of the way. I don't interfere with things. You know what I mean? Like I know how to move within, <laughs> within, you know, the confines of, you know, what's going on. And this is prior to COVID and everything else. So, you know, yeah. things have changed a little bit now, but 
you know, I, I respect the rules and, I, you know, I, I know how to move around. So I love it. They, I they let it. the old guy come in from time to time and <laughs> hang out. They used to, you know. Yeah, we well, got to show these guys how to throw up some plates, Willie. That's how it happens. <laughs> um, all right. Let's let's look back at uh, the week that was in, in week nine and a little bit toward week 10. And, and right. the, the talk at the tail end of week nine was about this Monday night game. Um, the, the taunting penalty, the officiating was was a topic there, but but also what Justin Fields uh, did down the stretch. I'll be honest, I fell asleep. All right, I haven't done this a whole lot. I haven't done it at all this year. I've made it through night. I just I don't know if it was the clock change or whatever, but I was done. Woke up, saw the score, saw how it happened. Quickly caught up on the the uh, the condensed game on NFL Game right. Pass, and uh, yeah, my man was slinging it there. You were impressed, huh? I was. I was impressed and. I think with these young quarterbacks, uh, you got to have reps, right? You got to have that continuity with your team, your offensive line, the protections, the receivers, all those different things. And when you're new in a system that wasn't created for you originally, because remember, Andy Dalton was the quarterback, um, and then things have to change overnight because now they've decided to go with you. You're the guy, so everything changes because it's a totally different quarterback. And to see him being comfortable. Uh, to see him make some of the throws he made in crucial situations with the game on the line to give his team an opportunity to win was very, very impressive. And I think that they saw this when he was in college, the poise, him being calm, him understanding what the situation was and how big it was, but not being affected by it. This was what I saw last night. And he did everything that he was supposed to do to win a football game. He made precise throws. He knew where to go with the football. He didn't turn the football over when the game was on the line. Um, He used his feet. He made good decisions. And that's what you asked for. To see the growth over the last couple of weeks and him put in this situation, Mike G, I was sitting there like, yep, this is why they moved up to go get him. And this is why he's going to be one of our better quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. And there's no question about the ability, the arm talent, all those things coming into the draft. It was just a question of how he was going to handle it mentally, how he was going to process. And last night, it almost looked like uh, a switch was flipped. And the right. way that he was letting go of the football, you, you've seen it, Willie. I mean, it's it's a, a palpable thing when a quarterback is throwing a football that he knows has a high percentage chance of being completed as you're watching the game, right? Because you're, you're, right. you don't know where that ball is going off screen. But when he's letting it go, it's got a different look when a guy looks like he's confident in the throw. and You could just see the way that ball was coming out, the way that he was uh, letting it go. He was extremely confident. In and Mike, and Mike G. And Mike G, when you hear Hall of Fame quarterbacks talk about some of the throws he was making, like how difficult those throws, you know, they are. Mm-hmm. And the one throw that he threw to Mooney for the touchdown, when he actually tucked the ball and was about to run, and then he saw Mooney, and then he pulled the ball out and was able to stop, set his feet, and make a precise throw where only Mooney can catch that to get his feet down. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, this kid is for real. Yep. Going to Bears his left. Not- yeah, to his and, left. yeah, and we're not easy to do. Bears now on a bye, and then they get the Ravens afterwards. So curious to see about the development of uh, Justin Fields and what it's going to mean for that coaching staff down the stretch. Um, let's go to the AFC East because I blinked and I looked up, and it's a half a game lead for the Buffalo Bills at five <laughs> and three with the New England Patriots at five and four. Um, right. Hit me. You obviously know one of those teams extremely well, but uh, you certainly have watched the Bills closely as well. Yeah. Um, you know, hit me with your thoughts on because it's still I, I, I went and checked. I said, who's the favorite? Right. And I, I, I'm sure it's still the Bills. 
they're still by a good margin, which is kind of crazy to me. I thought more people might say like, hey, this is basically close to a coin flip. But they're saying, no, they still think Buffalo is going to do it. Uh, your thoughts on where the Patriots and Bills are right now? Well, I, I think people believe that about the Bills because of Josh Allen and where they thought, you know, MVP caliber type quarterback versus going, you know, Mac Jones is a rookie guy who's still trying to figure it out and understand what he's doing and moving forward. But um, with the Bills, I, I'm not going to judge them based on the Jags game that they lost. What was it, nine to six, no touchdown scored. Yeah. But I think with Josh Allen, sometimes he has to understand to play within the football game. And what I, what I mean by that is – He's a big play waiting to happen, right? He's big, big, big time arm talent. He can put the ball anywhere. He's also a physical, big, uh, versatile, athletic quarterback that can beat you with his feet. And I think the struggles with him is sometimes is taking what the defense gives you and being patient enough to continue to take that and move the ball down the field that way versus saying, okay, I've, I've checked it down. I've thrown it here. Now I need to go make a big play. Like feeling that come over you and then feeling like you have to go out and do that versus saying, hey, if I got to beat you by eight, nine, ten yard passes, I'll do that the entire game to win the football game. I think he struggles with that at times. And when you look at what the Jags did to him, they took away all the big plays and they dropped seven and they were able to get pressure with four and pretty much control the line of scrimmage and, and hit them. And when they mix things up on the back end and then they did what they did, they brought some pressures to confuse him. When they did that, it's like, mm, okay, Josh, what are you going to do? The back's right there for 14 yards. Your receiver's sitting right there for eight yards. That's still positive yards. That's still moving the ball down the field. Maybe not the way you really want to, but that's the way, that's what they're giving you. So when he understands that, and he accepts that. I think he'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's already, like, one of the best, but to improve his game. But I'm not giving up on the Bills. They're still a, a well-coached team. They're a good team on both sides of the ball. I just don't know if they said forget the run game. Like, I, I still think you need that balance. I still think you need to run the football. But it just seems like they don't care about that anymore. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Patriots? Three out of the four of the losses they had, they lost total by nine points, which means they're in close football games. Some of those games they probably should have won, okay? And when you got a young quarterback that's put in sometimes a two-minute situation, which was one of those games where you got the ball in overtime, you got a two-minute situation, you can't go three and out. You got to go down and score at some point. You got to score a touchdown or a field goal. And I think when you grow and you learn and you're putting those situations um, – you mature from it. Those are character games. Now, the defense is playing well. The run game is on point. Mac Jones is now throwing the ball down the field as before, like pretty much the first half of the season we saw with him just thinking and dunking. I think Josh McDaniels have taken the training wheels off a little bit more. Now he's pushing the ball down the field a little bit more, and he has more confidence. So they're never going to rush the development of any player but when they see that you can handle it and you're confident enough to do it, then they add a little bit more on your plate. And the Patriots are starting to get better, starting to become more dangerous. So there's still a lot of football left. And I'm not crowning anybody in the division just yet. And I know a lot of people jumped out there with the Bills early, but you know, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. 
Yeah. Um, the Patriots now, I mean, just within a year, and we know what they did in free agency uh, this offseason, but but there's depth there, right? And there's there's multiple options. Oh, yeah. Last year, it really felt like there were one or, or, or two options at a given position, and they were just trying to get by. Now you look at that backfield. I mean, I, I remember <laughs> their preseason game uh, against the Eagles where every one of those guys went off. And Ramondre Stevenson was making plays and you said, oh, wow, this is. And by the way, they they, they had the injury earlier this year. Um, right. You know, they lose a guy and all of a sudden they still have that depth there. So so that's what makes them scary, because, as you know, Willie, that coaching staff and the ability to show you different things from week to week, half to half, quarter to quarter, drive to drive. Right. That's what makes them really scary. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Move, moving on here, um, and, and well, actually, before I move on, just one quick thing. Don't forget about that division in December. You've got um, two games in four weeks between those two teams. So that's when that division uh, is going we'll to be see. decided. Yeah. Um, can Baker Mayfield do it again? Can, can the Browns <laughs> – I mean, you know, it, it was so easy for the jokes and the conclusions to be made about, hey, everything was better with the Cleveland Browns. Um after Odell Beckham left, the distractions gone and all that stuff. I don't know. Um, he's he's a sensational player, but th- there's there is that notion of disrupting the rhythm offensively. Your, your thoughts on what you saw from the Browns and Baker Mayfield in their first game post OBJ? Well, we've seen a lot of a lot of Browns games without OBJ. Right, the beginning of the year, the mm-hmm. team was playing well with the running game and. It wasn't really about Baker. It was about running the football, and Baker did it. Did what he needed to do in the passing game. And I, I think when you look at the Browns and you look at a polarizing player like OBJ, when he's inserted and talented, right, when you put him in the lineup, there's almost a responsibility to figure out how to get him the football. You almost have to because the defenses have to account for him in a lot of ways. And if I'm an offensive coordinator and play caller, not only do I want to use him, you know, as the carrot to attract, you know, defenders, but I also want to figure out how to utilize his unique skill set. And I think it just became a little overwhelming in Cleveland because Baker wanting to please or wanting to make sure he was carrying out the duties of what he's supposed to do was trying to figure out how to please Jarvis Landry, who's one of the hardest working guys in the game, who's consistent, who's always there and available, right? Um, Donovan People-Jones, a guy who, when OBJ was out, he stepped his game up to a whole nother level, and now now we know who he is, right? He's he's somebody you got to account for in the passing game. And the two-headed monster, monster you had in – well, three-headed monster now because when Hunt got hurt, you know, Ernest came in and, and started balling. But you got a backfield that dominates – um, in the running game with one of the best offensive lines. So you got to u- utilize that as well. And then don't forget about Baker. He still wants to prove that when it's time, like he did last week, he can push the ball down the field accurately. And it just seems like certain things was forced because when 
when, when certain guys um, wasn't highlighted or didn't have that success on the football field, that was displayed. It wasn't really more about the team. It was about more about individual success. And if you're, if you're playing any team sport, you have to understand every single week. And this is what I learned from Belichick and Parcells. Every single week, your role may change depending on who we're playing against, especially in New England, because we are game plan specific according to who we're playing. So we're going to game plan to how to beat them. And it may be different from week to week, which it is because every team is different unless you're playing the same teams in your division. But everything is different. So understand that there may be some games we may have to hand the ball off 40 times because they can't stop a nosebleed. It's okay if the running backs have 200 yards and we got three touchdowns on the ground and we're not throwing the ball as much. There may be other games where the defensive backs can't cover and they got a bunch of mental errors and they and, and they give up big time plays. We're going to air attack. We're going to attack that. So it, it just depends when your, your number is called and how the game plan is inserted within that week. And I, when I watched the Browns and I, this weekend, I just saw a relaxed, a confident, a team that had put all the distractions to the side, a team that was having fun, a team on both sides of the ball was making huge plays on defense and offense, and everybody contributed. Everybody across the board contributed. And I'm like, that's what the Browns should be. That's right. There was the Browns should be. And unfortunately, OBJ wasn't a part of that. But it's okay because maybe it just didn't fit. And maybe it fits somewhere else. But what I saw Sunday was what I thought the Browns should look like. Yeah. And and that's winning football in the NFL is everybody working right. together, understanding their role and understanding that there are 18 weeks. I, I, I will say I know Beckham wants to win, right? It's not one of these things where if we lose the game, I'm sorry, if we win the game and I only have three catches for 35 yards, that I'm going to be difficult to deal with. I think well, it's Mike more. G, Mike G, what you had, just said is important. Mm-hmm. Wanting to win does not always have to go through you. Right. But, Understand but I, that. I, like that's right. super important. Wanting mm-hmm. to win does not always have to go through you. Mm-hmm. I, you I also, win. yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, my thing was, I think, you know, you add the losing to that, right? And now all of a sudden it's like, we're not winning and you're not coming to me to help you win. I think right. that's when he starts to lose it a little bit mentally. Um, at least I've seen that over the course of his career, but we'll see how it goes for here. Uh, for him, for here, from here on out. Uh, two more teams about the Browns, real quick. Yeah. I think they can't continue if they play the way they played Sunday. They can be a force to reckon with in the AFC if they yeah, play that they way. On all, 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 all levels of the game: defense, offensive line, running backs, receivers. Baker. If they play like that, they're a problem. They are in New England this weekend, uh, and then after a game against the Lions, they've got. A weird schedule quirk. Back-to-back games against the Ravens uh, separated by their bye week. So uh, four games coming up that could really define their season very much so. Uh, before we get out of here, two teams I want to get your uh, your read on. And they had they went in opposite directions uh, in week nine. One was the Cowboys. One was the Titans. Let's start with Dallas. Um, he- here's how I would sell it in so many words if I was Mike McCarthy to the team. You know, 
if I if I had said to you, we're going to play two games, one in Minnesota, one home against Denver, you're not going to have Dak Prescott for the first one. You'll have Dak for the second one. You, you'd probably think we're going to go one and one. We'd like to go two and oh, but we'll probably go one and one. Well, you went one and one. It just was not how any of us would have predicted that it would have happened. So you just take a breath. You say, we've got our breathing room in the division. Sure, we want to get seating in the NFC. But take a breath because as bad as it was, it still only counts as one loss. Right. Um, it, was that a sign of anything? Was it a fluke? And 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 you as a former player for a team that's, uh, you know, I, I imagine there were these bad losses off the top of my head. I can't think of many uh, throughout your career. But when it happened in an otherwise successful season, right. how do you say, all right, that was just a fluke. Let's let it go. When we played a bad football game, in New England. We played against Cincinnati and we got our butts kicked in every way. Okay. We took that football, we took it out where the, where, where we practice at. And it was a deep hole. We buried the ball with dirt and we buried it. We said, we'll never play football like this again. We buried it. Okay. You're allowed to have a bad week in football. Nobody thinks you're going to go out and just play stellar ball for 18 weeks. Right. The Dallas Cowboys is a, is a really good football team. I am not giving up on them. Do I think that they had some mistakes? Do I think they were off track? Do I think that they gave up plays on defense? All, all those different things, absolutely. If you're a player, you understand we've all been in football games like that. It happens. It's about how you bounce back, what you do when you go back. It should be the worst feeling in the locker room when you play when you put out that brand of football, that's how, that's how it was for us. Okay. We couldn't wait. If we could have went out that same night and played in the parking lot, we would have because it felt that bad. So this team is a really good team. They're still one of the best teams in the NFC and the NFL. They will figure it out. They will bounce back and get back on track. I am not going to sit here and make it seem like the Dallas Cowboys is done and they're over with. Because I can point out a bunch of teams in this league that's done the same thing this year. It's just how you rebound and how you come back from it. If that's not the worst thing or the worst feeling, then that's a problem. But I'm sure they're looking at that tape. They corrected that tape, and that tape is buried somewhere. Hey, we're never putting this type of, you know what, out there again. Because this is not us. And it's not. I wonder if that ball is still there, by the way. That's, you know. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Nobody ever dug that ball up. That's a true story. That ball is buried that. by our practice field. I love that. Uh, maybe one day when they tear up the field and restart it or something like that, they'll come across that football and say, oh, that's right. Put it back down there. It's supposed to stay down there. Uh, and uh, the Titans. Uh, your, your guy, Mike Vrabel, I mean, that was a phenomenal coaching job by him and his coaching staff, offensive coordinator Todd Downing. Um and, and it's just, I, you know, to me, I, I would think that going into that game, well, if you told me the Titans really hammered uh, the, the Rams in that game, man, they must they have did. played really good defense, which they did. Mm-hmm. And, man, Adrian Peterson must have come off the street, gone right in there and gone. But it, it's not like they really had a dominant running game. It was serviceable no, uh, with Deontay nice. Foreman and, 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 and these other guys. What did you take away from that game uh, as far as how they were able to to do what they did on Sunday? Mike Vrabel is a throwback when it comes to being physical and controlling the trenches. And that's exactly what happened. 
the Titans controlled the trenches defensively. You know, Jeffrey Simmons had three and a half sacks and a quarterback hit that turned into an interception, which turned into a touchdown in the first half. They could not block him. The defense had a pick six by our, like they, the defense gave you 14 points. And then offensively, like you said, they didn't go out and rush for 200 yards, but they ran the football. They made catches to convert and move the ball down the field. They did what they needed to do. They didn't turn the football over on offense like that. And defense didn't give up big plays. They gave up field goals in the red zone versus touchdowns. So when you watch how they played that football game, that's how you beat finesse teams. You out-physical them. You beat them up up front on both sides of the ball. You don't don't turn the football over. And you make them make mistakes, which they did. And Mike Vrabel understands how to win those football games because he played in so many of those games. So he understands how to take away certain things, how to make you go the long way, how to beat finesse teams that don't want to be physical up front to the point on defense where you're watching the game, you understand, drop back, right? Matthew Stafford wanted to drop back. They made them change what they were doing in the second half to start moving the pocket because they could not block those guys up front. And it wasn't a bunch of blitzes. It was it was it was mano a mano, man against man, four man rushes. Autry, you know, Dupree, and Simmons. Those guys were beating those guys one on one, and they made them change the plan where you start to see the boots and moving the pockets, and that didn't even work. So, understanding how to play the team, who you're playing, how to game plan against them, what to take away is something that Mike Vrabel is amazing at. He's definitely a student of the game. He played the game. So not only can he tell you what to do, he can show you, and he has experience in doing it. And his guys are buying in. He has a physical football team. Everybody was like, oh, no, Derrick Henry, this offense is done. They can't move the ball and all those different things. I don't know the numbers on third down or how they did, but they did enough to limit Stafford's opportunities and defense did enough to take the ball away, score points and keep them out of the end zone. It don't have to be to your liking or how pretty it is, but it's how you win football games. And it was a wopsided win. Third downs, they were four for 12, but here's the key. Fourth downs, they were two for two. So um, that's how you uh, stay efficient, stay consistent uh, offensively. Four Rushing 12, arts. Not good. Four for twelve, but then if you add in the two fourth downs, you know that that adds to the now you're now you're fifty percent basically on those conversions because it's six for twelve. Right. Uh, if you basically uh, add in those scenarios, uh, rushing yards sixty nine, passing yards one twenty five, total yards one ninety four. If I just covered the half of the column here that I've got, cover the Rams half, you'd be like, how in the world did they win this game? Right. But then you see the interceptions thrown, you see uh, the penalties on the Rams. They had twelve. Only four for Tennessee. It was really clean football. Undisciplined, too. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about that, beating yourself, right? Mm-hmm. We never beat ourselves. Vrabel understands that. What was it, 12 yep. penalties for 105 or 115? 115, you yep. know. The roughing the passers, those those penalties, you know, pretty one, much back one to of back which, roughing the passers. Yeah. Was one of which was a joke. The other one was was a good call, though. But <laughs> Donald's was not. I, 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 hey, right, right. Donald, yeah. Aaron Donald was not. That's not, that's not roughing the passer. 
Yeah. But the second yeah. one was absolutely, but it was yeah. called. It hurt the team. Yeah. Now listen, if you're the Colts, you, you're seeing Derrick Henry go down. And say, here we go. We're we're starting to roll. We're gonna get. And they kept that so three bad. game. Yeah, they kept that three game lead, which is huge. Um, as the Colts are in a soft part of their schedule, Tennessee with the Saints on Sunday. Let's see if they can maintain that three game lead in the AFC South. Willie, thank you so much for stepping in today for Mike Rob. Uh, this was phenomenal, phenomenal insight, as always, from you. That will do it for this episode episode of Total Access, The Locker Room. For more insight with a locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.